What's up? Welcome to Bow Down, the teaching ministry of Pastor Chris Tress. So we have five times in this passage, guys, for the building up of the church. For the building up of the church. The gifts are for the building. Don't get it twisted. It's not for you to get a business card, profit of the year. It's for you to come in humility and say, okay, God, how can I love? How can I use this gift to love? God doesn't want any flesh glorying in his presence. And there is so much flesh glorying when people are just getting off in like crazy land with the gifts. It's the flesh a lot of times. We've got to be very careful. So again, Ephesians 4, 11 through 12, it, it says these gifts are given for the building up of the body of Christ. Love always builds up. Go ahead and turn to Ephesians 4, please. Because not only are the gifts to build up, but also the Holy Spirit is in you. And when you speak, you should build up. So let's look at Ephesians 4. We're always going to come back to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, or excuse me, 14. <coughs> and so Ephesians 4.11, I just want you to see this here because this is throughout Scripture. This is what the gifts are for. This is what the gifts are for. This is what the gifts are for. They give apostle, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, teachers, verse 12, Ephesians 4, to equip the saints, to equip the saints. Saints are in the church. To equip the saints for the work of ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ. Now go down to verse 429. Same chapter, Ephesians 4, verse 29. Oh, guys, I see this broken so many. Marriages, parenting, whoo. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths. See it in the church, against other churches, but only what is good for what? Building up. I got a word for you. I want to build, I want to build you up. Now, sometimes there's hard words. So <laughs> the first word the Apostle Paul got, one of them, was I've got to show him how much he must suffer for me. Who wants that word? As it fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander. This is the problem with the church, with the gifts. We slander other churches. Oh, they don't believe in the gifts. Oh, they don't walk in the gifts. Oh, they don't. That's slander. Build up, build up. Who are you to judge another man's servant? Romans 14. Along with all malice, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ has forgiven you. Love does this. It builds up. It speaks things that are beneficial. It's not negative. It's not condemning. It's truth in a loving way. That's also in Ephesians 4 there. Speak the truth and love to one another. Verse 1, 1 Corinthians 14. So, the word pursue basically means run after love. 
Run after love. And we're always going to be in 1 Corinthians 14. Everywhere I tell you to flip, we're going to come back to 1 Corinthians 14. Run after love. Man, how do we run after love? We talked a little bit about it last week in uh, Romans chapter 12, 9 on down. There's 30 commands that show us how to love. Like practically, here's how we love. When you look at Christ, God is love. Jesus is God. He, when you do what he does, that is love. So we're called to pursue love. Earnestly desire. That means you're asking. You're asking. If you don't know what your gift is, that's okay. You might not be ready for it yet. Because your character can't handle it. And I'm not trying to be mean in any way. It's just the reality. Listen, that's why in First. Timothy chapter 3, it says, do not make a new believer or a new convert an elder because if they're in that position, they could become conceited like the devil and be puffed up in pride. And that's a very dangerous thing. And so sometimes God doesn't give gifts until you're ready for the gift. Then he gives gifts, what was that? Then he gives gifts to, uh, to people who I look on and saying, I don't think they're ready for the gift, Lord. You, you understand what I'm saying? So stay in your lane and say, okay, God, is there anything blocking me from you giving me something that is good, that's a gift, so that I can build up my brothers and sisters? This ain't about me, God. I don't want this gift for me, God. I want it for them. I want it for them. I never forget a time where I'm praying for this lady who came forward, and I was speaking on words of knowledge in that service. And she comes up, and she says, I want you to pray for me if this stuff's real. I was like, well, what do you want prayer for? She's like, I'm not telling you. Uh, uh. So I'm like, uh. and then I go to my prayer partner. Hey, you start praying. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, Lord, she's calling you out. And so as this person's praying, I'm sitting there, and I'm saying, Lord, is there anything that you want me to say? Is there any prophetic word or word of knowledge? And all of a sudden, I get two words, daughters and hurting. Now, keep in mind, I don't know if she has daughters or not. I don't know what this means. Because understand, the, the prophetic, right? So when you look in the book of Acts, Peter was perplexed in Acts chapter 10 with that dream. He didn't know what that meant. So he got that vision, and he didn't know what it meant. So you have revelation that comes, but then later on, when Cornelius and the, the, the Roman Gentiles get saved, all of a sudden, the interpretation came. So there's revelation, then later interpretation. But then it's not till Acts 15 where the church at large says, hey, Gentiles can be saved. So for five chapters in the book of Acts, they were not putting into order the reality that Paul says in Romans 1.16, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it has the power to save first to the Jew, then to the Gentile. 
It came to the Jew first, but now it's about to go to the Gentiles. And so Revelation, Interpretation, Application, chapters 10 through 15. We want everything in a microwave. God may give you something, you might not know what it means. So as you're praying for somebody, and I was praying for somebody, I said, hey, I don't know what this means. Just because I get a revelation, I might not have the interpretation. That may be my prayer partner, and God likes to do that, by the way. Why? Because he doesn't want the fancy man of God who gets the words from God and is anointed by God, so everybody has a streamline to that guy. That's why we want two people up here, by the way, so if somebody gets healed, I don't know. It probably wasn't me, by the way, because that's not my gift, but we want two. So God gets the glory, not man. That's why Jesus sent people out in twos anyway. I'm way off. So when I said this to our daughters are hurting, I was like, do you have daughters? She's like, yeah, I got two daughters. I'm like, oh, thank you, Jesus. And she's like, but I don't want to hear about my daughters. I want to hear about my son. Here's a woman, and, and this is the story, and I, I, I can't. Her son was a prodigal, and she left the two daughters because they were good, and they were never in trouble, and they were hurting. And a week later, sexual abuse came out for her daughters, and what God was doing was shifting her focus off of her son, and she didn't want to do that. She didn't want to hear about her daughters. She wanted to hear about her son. I said, hey, I don't know what it means, but you probably need to get off your son and focus on your daughters. And a week later, sexual abuse came out to those two daughters. That lady's life changed. That's prophecy. Sometimes we can be so focused with our soul on saving the prodigal that we forget the brother that's at home. And those of you, listen, this is the same in the church, by the way. A lot of times we're chasing bad little kids who don't want to obey Jesus, but then the good ones that are following Jesus never get any love. Boy, I'm never going to get through this chapter. (sighs) Don't speak that over here. So listen, Luke, Luke 11, Jesus is like, hey, guys, listen, everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. To the one who knocks, it will be open. Not might, but will. What father among you, if he has, if, if a son asks for a fish, will he, will instead of a fish, give him a serpent? If he asks for an egg, we'll give him a scorpion. If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? So Jesus is saying, your Heavenly Father. That means you're saved. So your Heavenly Father wants to give more of the Holy Spirit if you ask. More of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians, by the way, that was uh, Luke eleven ten through 13. You can read it at your own time. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 2. The one who speaks in a tongue speaks not to men but to God, for no one understands him, but he utters 
mysteries of the Spirit. Now, this is really, really important. I want you to turn to 1 Corinthians 12, 28. It's just a few pages over, and, and find that phrase right there. It says various kinds of tongues, and you need to highlight that. So guys, there's just not one kind of tongue, and this is where the division and the doctrine gets off because it's not biblical. So we're going to talk about this more later because part of the doctrine that a lot of people in the church believe, and I understand why you believe it, because in Acts chapter 2, they spoke in tongues, and it was another language, and people understood them. So that is a certain type of tongue. Also, we're going to see in this text that, that God speaks in other languages so that people, and I, I, I saw a missionary in uh, a Muslim country and Farsi, didn't know Farsi, and somebody was talking to him, and all of a sudden he's speaking to him in English, but the person's understanding them, and is it Farsi, what, what, what's the language? Help me out, Farsi, Farsi. Thank you. Somebody said it's right. Okay, good. And the guy understands and ends up getting saved. Doesn't, doesn't know how to speak that language. So there's testimonies about this happened. That, that is a type of tongue that God uses today. But it's not the only type. And when you say, no, that's the only type, then you're not obeying Scripture. Because here, look what this Scripture says. For the one who speaks in a tongue speaks not to men but to God. Paul is saying they're speaking to God. He's not saying they're not speaking to God. He's saying they're speaking to God. For no one understands him. That means there's tongues that God gives that nobody in here is going to understand. But he utters mysteries of the Spirit, capital S. That's big. Why? That's the Holy Spirit. He is speaking mysteries. And nobody's going to understand it in the church. This is a gift. It's been given. Now, how to use that gift, unfortunately, some of us need to get the training wheels back on. I want you to understand with this verse, this is where the enemy traffics. Because when it says there's different types of tongues, now all of a sudden, we can have chaos in the church. Because now it's open for interpretation. It addresses this here, but unfortunately, most people don't address it because this is hard. Uh, this is, you know, you want to know why a lot of churches don't, don't preach on this? Because you, you, you hear that verse? It's shameful a woman to speak in church? Like, I ain't touching that, bro. But if you've been with us, it's why we go through books of the Bible, and I already touched that. Second Timothy. I already, our first Timothy, chapter two. I've already hit that. We've already had a discussion on that. But this is why it's important to go verse by verse, chapter by chapter through books. Now, this is a topical message, but what did I give you? I gave you Ephesians 4. I gave you 1 Corinthians 12, 1 Corinthians 13, 1 Corinthians 14, and we're going, we're going verse by verse. Because God doesn't want his church ignorant. We've got to grow up and begin to eat meat. And so I want you to understand something. Whenever there's a move of God, there's a counterfeit move of Satan coming right behind. 
How do I know this? It started way back with Pharaoh. Moses comes in, throws his staff down, there's a snake. The magicians, they had demonic powers. They throw it down, and they create snakes. Now, Moses' snake ate their snake. But whenever there's a move of God, there's, the enemy's always going to send a counterfeit move of God. It's why I've got this shirt on today. It's why we need to be looking for wolves in sheep's clothing. By the way, if you're a wolf in sheep's clothing today, just go ahead and raise your hand. I got a gift. I got a, I got a gift I'd like to give you. Satan sends people in, man. That will listen. I, I'll ne- uh. Oh, I got so many stories. But say this is why. Back to 1 Corinthians 12, where it says there's a gift of the discerning of spirits. That's why 1 John 4 says, hey, test the spirits. See whether or not they're from God or not. Because not every spirit is from God. 1 John 4, 1. 1 John 4, 1. We're called to test them. Because everybody coming in saying Jesus might not be Jesus. And by the way, Jesus warned us of that. In Matthew chapter 7, where he says, look at the fruit on their tree. 1 Timothy 5 also warns us about people coming in the church, and a lot of times with a lot of gifts. And it says, some people's sins, you'll see them right up front. I think it's verse 24, 1 Timothy 5. It's down in the 20s. But other people's sins, they'll follow a little while later. They'll eventually show up. That fruit, look, a good tree can't produce bad fruit. That's what Jesus said. So we got to be fruit inspectors. All right, verse 3. This is why the gifts are needed, discerning of spirits. So if anybody is a wolf sniffer, That's a discerning of spirits. Something ain't right about that person. What is it, Lord? Something's off here. Now, they, might, they probably don't know they're a wolf, by the way. On the other hand, verse 3, the one who prophesies speaks to people for their upbuilding and encouragement and consolation. So it's all about others. The one who speaks the tongue builds up himself, but the one who prophesies builds up the church. Some people go around speaking in tongues all the time without an interpreter. We've seen that, right? They're building up themselves. And a lot of times it can be distracting. We do not forbid the speaking in tongues But man, chill out a little bit. Chill out a little bit. You're building up yourself. The gift is not for yourself to showboat. The gift is not for yourself to let everybody know how spiritual you are. And hey, I've got this amazing gift. I'm so gifted. Even though you are gifted. It's to build up the church. It's better for, if you pray in tongues, to do it quietly, to do it humbly, because it's between you and the Lord. 
It's between you and the Lord. I'll never forget, I was at a church, and there's this lady. I call her the helicopter lady. She made this homemade sweater, and the, the, the sleeves, she like, I don't know what it was, but they were knitted like this. Like, like so here's the sleeves, usually stop here. Her sleeves like went to here. And so in worship, she's doing this. And she's hitting people in front of her. And then she's doing this. And she's hitting people. Guys, if you are distracting people from worshiping Jesus, that's not the Holy Spirit. That's confusion. And I would, if I was a pastor at church, I'd say, hey, lady, come here. I love your sweater. Where'd you get it? Let's go into this room so you can do your thing. It's why I prefer, I don't have a problem with flags. Don't have a problem. But don't come in the front blocking the words. Don't come in the front. Go in the back. Go in the back. Go in the back. Don't draw attention to you. You want to dance? Go in a room, right? We don't, you know, right? And, and nobody else is doing that. That means, right? So there's an aspect of having the, the, the understanding that I do not want to attract attention to myself. I just touched on some toes. Remember, I love you. And God wants a church that operates in order, not out of order. But if everybody has flags, hey, let's raise all the flags. But if, like, you're the only one with this, I was at a concert one time. This girl up front had a big, huge flag. I'm trying to sing the words. Every time she did the flag, I couldn't see what was next. She was hindering my worship because she had to be down at front waving the flags. What's up with that? Verse 5. I want you all to speak in tongues. There you go. There you go. But even more, to prophesy. The one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues unless someone interprets so the church may be built up. Now, brothers, if I come to you speaking in tongues, how will I benefit you unless I bring you some revelation or knowledge or prophecy or teaching? And it goes on and it talks about these flutes. And then look down at verse 12, right? Listen, you're eager for manifestations. This is a good thing. We want God's spirit, right? So Ephesians 1, we're sealed with the Holy Spirit. So we're sealed. But then Ephesians 3, it says that you may be filled to the fullness of God. So if you're sealed, why would you need filled? It goes on in Ephesians 5, don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with what? The spirit. So we're sealed. We can't lose it. We're sealed. But is there more? Yeah, more God. Old Testament, the Holy Spirit fell upon Saul, King Saul. He wasn't king yet, and he prophesied. He prophesied. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. If he can do that in the old, he can definitely do that in the new. In fact, 
Peter affirms that by saying, hey guys, what's happening right now, nobody's drunk. It's what the prophet Joel talked about, that in the last days, God's going to pour out his spirit on all flesh. So the Holy Spirit comes inside in the New Testament. The New Testament is a habitation culture. Say habitation culture. It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. You have all you need, First, uh, Second Peter chapter 1, you have all you need in the Holy Spirit for a life filled with godliness. You have all you need. Say, I have all I need. You have all you need. But ask for more. Ask for more because he's a good dad. God is the same yesterday, today, forever. Listen, why would he pour out his spirit in the Old Testament? And no, I'm not going to do that in the new. He can do what he wants. Again, guys, strive to excel. Look at verse 12 in building up the church. Strive, strive. So you have this gift. You've got to strive with it. Don't bury it. That's where we started. Don't bury your treasure. Don't bury the gifts that God's given you. Strive. Strive is not like flippant. It's like, oh man, I have this gift. Okay, God, how can I cultivate this? How can I use this? And how can I use it to build up the church? Verse 13. The one who speaks in a tongue should pray that he may interpret for if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. So there is a prayer language where you get to a place where you, your words can't describe anymore. Your mind's not really working, and you're just uttering things. That's what it's saying here with, with tongues, a type of tongue. Your mind's unfruitful. Paul says, and, and here it's 15. What am I to do? I'll pray with my spirit, but I'll pray with my mind also. I'll sing praise with my spirit, but I'll sing with my mind also. Otherwise, if you give thanks with your spirit, how can anyone in a position of an outsider say amen to your thanksgiving when he does not know what you're saying? And so it's really important. And, and, and listen, consecration week's coming up. Can you put that slide up, please? <coughs> it's coming up next week. <clears throat> where our church gathers around the word of God and for uh, seven days a week, 24 hours a day straight, we get into three-hour shifts. You've already been sent the email. Hopefully, you've signed up. If you haven't partaken of Consecration Week, please do. But there's an order to this. We start with the word of God, and we're going to read Genesis all the way through Revelation next week as a church, Okay. And so for the first hour, we read the Bible. The second hour, we worship. And by the way, don't send my wife any more songs. She's done, and I want my wife back. No, 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 it's over. Save it for next time. Don't send her any more songs. We've, we've got them. So we sing for an hour. And then afterwards... We pray back what God highlighted in his holy word so that we're praying in line with the word of God. And we do this continually as a church together, and we shut everything down. No appointments, no meetings. It's shut down. We are going to seek the face of God. 
Our staff doesn't go to any meetings, doesn't do any ministry, doesn't do anything. They're here. They're required to serve a a number of shifts every single day as their job, right? And so I welcome you to be a part of that. And you see that part where it says, how can somebody say amen? A lot of times we get the church mouse praying and consecration shift. So listen, church mouse. Lord, I just thank you for... And ain't nobody can hear you in the consecration shift. And so we can't agree, and we don't even know what you're praying, and we don't even know if you're done yet. Does that make sense? So at the end in prayer, just speak up a little bit. A quiet and gentle spirit is precious. But we got to be able to hear to agree. Amen? And he's saying, this is why tongues in the church done wrong. Nobody can agree with what you're doing, bro. I want you to look at verse 20. It says, brothers, do not be children in your thinking. Be infants in evil. Basically, Paul's saying, grow up. We've got to grow up, guys. We can't allow this stuff to divide us. This is the issue right here when it comes to tongues and prophecies and the gifts. We've been so mature that we've allowed this stuff to divide us. And it's written right here on how things are to be done in a right way. We need the body of Christ to come together. I was in an elder meeting, last elder meeting, and I made a statement that I said, hey, guys, listen, Jesus was the most spirit-filled man on this earth, and he never once was recorded of him speaking in tongues or falling down on the ground uncontrollably. Now, my fellow elder, Al, rebuked me in a loving way because he's loving. And he says, Chris, you have to be careful with those statements because Jesus never played an instrument. Jesus never danced. Jesus never had a flag. <laughs> flag people, I love you, man. <laughs> and so a better way to say it was that, hey, it's not that falling down can't happen. It's not that tongues can't happen. Just remember, Jesus was the most spirit-led person that ever walked the earth, and there's no record of him doing any of these. So, so focus on Jesus, not the manifestations of the Spirit. And so thank you, Al, for helping me say things right. This is why we need the church. Instead of Al running out of the church, gossiping about me, which is usually what happens, immature people leave when they're, when, when they, right? So thank you, Al. We're going to end in this. If you go put up that, that slide, please. Now, when I say we're going to end in this, you know we ain't done.
I, I, would, I would like you to, to, to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. So what I want you to understand, I, I pray that God burns this into you because unfortunately, people that are very gifted have been put into leadership. People that are gifted are all of, all of a sudden, like, given the title, like, they're anointed, they're this, they're that, they have this, and the, the character is just not there. And this, is, this church, by the way, was the most immature church that Paul wrote to. Most immature. Like, bro, we're, we're about to see some stuff here, okay? So, so here's, here's, here's what I want you to get. When someone has an amazing gift, oh, man, they read my mail. All of a sudden, we think, oh, man, they are, ho- they are a holy prophet. No, listen, God spoke through a donkey. God spoke through a donkey. Don't be enamored by gifts. I've honestly come to find out it's, it's kind of the opposite, that the people who have the greatest gifts are often the most immature. Do you know why? Because they're filled with pride. They think that I can't prophesy wrong. Oh, yeah, bro, we talked about that last week. Go watch the video. I'm a, you're a partial prophet. Right now you see in part. And then, the, and then they get mad and arrogant when I'm not receiving it because there's no, there's no witness in my spirit. The community is not saying, oh, yeah, that's true, that's true. And then, then, and, and, and then they label you as being prideful while they leave. Come on, man. That ain't love. Love believes the best. Love always hopes. Love never fails. Love keeps no records of wrongs. Love is patient. Love is kind. Are you being patient with me? Maybe it is a word. Maybe I'm, I'm not at the right place in my life where I can receive it. But maybe if you fast for me this next week, next week you can give me to me again. And maybe, maybe because you just drank water for a week, I'll be able to receive if you really love me. Oh, I got to calm down. <laughs> Understand, this is like, this is God. This is, this is how God feels with his kids using gifts wrong and not being perfected in love. He's upset. He gets, he gets upset about that. First Corinthians 1 Corinthians 1-2. And I'm going to need some crowd participation. So I need you to say this with me. Gifts do not equal maturity. Way to go, guys. 1 Corinthians 1-2, to the church of God that is in Corinth, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus called to be saints. Why are they saints, by the way? By the blood of Jesus and by the cross. Say, I'm a saint. Yeah, has nothing to do with you, baby. It has everything to do with this cross and your faith and what Christ has done, his death, burial, and resurrection. You are a saint. You are a saint. You are a saint. You're not a sinner. You're a saint that happens to sin. If you've been born again, you are now a saint. God, Paul, Paul says to this church, to the saints in Corinth, wow. And you're going to be wow when you read what they, what they do. Go down to verse 11. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, for it has been reported to me 
by Chloe's people, that there is quarreling among you, my brothers. What I mean is that each one of you says, I follow Paul, or I follow Apollos, I follow Cephas, or I follow Christ. So say it with me, gifts do not equal maturity. They're arguing about, you know, Elder L, Elder Al, I want to follow him. I want to follow that guy. And, and they're, 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 they're making an idol out of leaders. That happens a lot because we still want Moses to go up on the mountain to hear from God instead of us going up ourselves. But the New Testament is you are a priest of God. You are a saint of God. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 3. 1 Corinthians 3. So he's speaking a hard word in order to build up the church, by the way. Understand the heart. Look at verse 1, 1 Corinthians 3. But I, brothers, could not address you as spiritual people, but as people of the flesh, as infants in Christ. Ouch. I fed you with milk, not solid food, for you were not ready for it. That's the words of Jesus. I have more to say to you, but you can't handle it right now. And even now, you're not ready. Take it easy, Paul. But understand, it's not Paul. It's the Holy Spirit speaking to his bride. For you are still of the flesh. For there is jealousy and strife among you. Are you not of the flesh and behaving only in a human way? Listen, if there's strife in your marriage, listen. If there's strife in your relationships, somebody's not dying to themselves. You're trying to get your own way. So say it with me again, gifts do not equal. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 4. Look at verse 6. I've applied all these things to myself and Apollos for your benefit. For your benefit. Brothers, that you may learn by us and not go beyond what is written. You might want to highlight that. Some people get into trouble with gifts because they go beyond what is written. We will never do that here at Bow Down. We will always submit to the word of God. Do not go beyond what's written. That none of you may be puffed up in favor against one another. For who sees anything different in you? What do you have that you did not receive? You might want to highlight that too. That's a good one. Then if you received it, why do you boast as if you did not receive it? Like, hey, I got this thing. It's, it's me. It's because I'm great. No, you got it because it was given. Humble down. Already, you have all you want. Already, you have become rich. Without us, you have become kings. And would that you did reign so that we might, make a, make, might share the rule with you. So here's the, the, the grassroots of the prosperity gospel, where people come in, I'm a king, I'm called to reign, I'm called to rule, and there's this boastful, prideful type of swag, and Paul's confronting that stuff, because that was in the early church. We got to be humble, guys. God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. For I think that God has exhibited us apostles as last of all. Notice he uses the word S. Like men sentenced to death because we have become a spectacle to the world, to angels and to men. We are fools for Christ's sake, but you are wise in Christ. We are weak, but you are strong. You are held in honor, but we in disrepute. 
repute. Go ahead. We're in 1 Corinthians 4, verse 11. To the present hour, present hour, we hunger and we thirst. We're poorly dressed, just like me today, and buffeted and homeless. And we labor, working with our own hands. When reviled, we bless. When persecuted, we endure. When slandered, we entreat. We have become and are still like the scum of the world, the refuse of all things. Do not write these things to make you ashamed, but to admonish you as my beloved children. So here's the deal. Say it with me. Gifts do not equal maturity. Go to 1 Corinthians 5, verse 1. It is actually reported that there is sexual immorality among you. And of a kind that's not tolerated even among pagans. For a man has his father's wife. Incest. In this church. And you are arrogant. Ought you rather. Ought you not rather to mourn. Let him who has done this be removed from among you. So say it with me again. Gifts do not equal maturity. 1 Corinthians 6.1. Actually, just for sake of time, they were suing one another. Don't, you don't sue Christians. That's immature. One more time. Gifts. So, guys, we've got to really, really have that solidified in us so that we know Christ's likeness is primary and the gifts are secondary. They're secondary. They're secondary. And that we're not enamored by that because what I want to see is what Jesus wanted to see. Really, who cares what I want to see? What God wants to see is this it's his call. You want to be my disciple? Deny yourself, pick up your cross, which is painful, and follow me, and follow me. A surrendered life that's given over to the leadership of Jesus, that is what God desires. And remember what it says. It says in Matthew 16, or excuse me, Mark 16, that when you go, disciples, these gifts will what? Follow you. They'll follow you. So gifts are going to follow as we're disciples. Disciples, we define discipleship here as an apprentice who has rearranged their life around the person and practices of Jesus and it would be in order to become like him so that they live in the reality of the kingdom of God. Fully surrendered, fully surrendered, fully surrendered. I was reading Luke 14, Jesus says this, unless you renounce all that you have, you cannot be my disciples. <sighs> You'll never do that if you're not convinced of his love. See, this is why his commands aren't burdensome, because he is love. And I'll gladly renounce it all to have what he has. And as I follow him, expect these gifts are going to come. 
Women, if you're offended, next week, I will hit that. But I'm out of time. Ten minutes ago. So worship team, come on up. Prayer partners, if you come on up. Um, communion is there for you to maybe today you say, God, I, I take your body that was broken for me and your blood that was shed for me, and I remember you. I remember your sacrifice. But, Lord, as I celebrate this covenant, I don't know what my gift is. Would you just show me? Would you just show me what my gift is, the gift that you have for me? Father, I thank you for everybody that is here today. We pray peace and love in this church. Your heart just breaks for people. It breaks for your children as you want them. You want them to receive all that your blood paid for. And God, we just, we just put our finger on what your word declares. No mind has seen. No no ear is heard. No, no, I can see what, what God has in store for those that love him. What it says in Ephesians 3.20 that you are able to do exceedingly abundantly more than we can even ask or imagine by the power that's at work within us. And so, God, I pray that you would just activate your bride today, that you would awaken her, that you want to do in th things in her that she has no idea. You are good. You are love. You are good. You are love. You're not going to give a snake. You're not going to give a stone. You want to give more to your kids so we can dance through this world and rejoice in this world. And wave your banner over us, which is love, and celebrate just the abundance of the gospel of what it means to be in the kingdom of God. So, Father, this is your church. You're the head of this church. And we ask that you would get order in the church, order and bow down. But also, God, we, we want to begin to operate in a right way with your gifts. So we focus on you now. We fix our gaze on you now. And I pray that you would just come and help us to worship you, Jesus. We ask this in Christ's name. Amen. Thanks for visiting us today. Make sure to check us out online at www.bowdownchurch.com.